Hello, everybody. This is Walter. Welcome to the podcast, What Now? We've got Marcus, our co-host, with us, and we've got a special treat. Uh, I've endeavored to interview and speak to people that really have impacted me, that I'm impressed with. And the first one I want to bring on, because she had such a profound effect on why I'm doing this again, is Miss Tanika Jones, also known as Peace Jones through her YouTube channel, Itinerary T on Instagram because she can hook you up with travel. And uh, with that being said, welcome, Miss Peace. How are you? Hello. Thank you so much. I'm doing great. How are you? Doing wonderful. Doing wonderful. I've been wanting to speak with you before, but for some reason, why was I getting nervous? I'm like, you're almost <laughs> a celebrity in my mind. But, you know, <laughs> but nevertheless, uh, a little bit of background story. I met um, Tanika when we were both working at the State Department in D.C. And it so happened that I received what's called a schedule receipt right when I was about to get off <laughs> to go sit in the American Pharmacy Association. <laughs> and that's where I met her. And we talked. I'm like, who's this young person and young girl that's so smart? And the conversation was good. And that's what I liked. So, um <laughs> I was impressed and I never forgot it. So, and of course, I'm doing a little talking, but don't worry, you guys are coming in. I was telling Marcus about you. And so when I say at the beginning, you had a, an effect, you, you remember that time I posted something about, hey, what do I need to do and dreams and what I like to do? And you messaged me and that, that encouraged me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do this. Like, I can see you doing TED talking. You gave good advice and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, I'll be doggone. It's really good. <laughs> so with that, with that being said, let me ask you this question. Where did you get the nickname Peace from? <laughs> so funny enough, that same job. So one day I was working and I was like signing someone in and the guy was like, you know, you have like a really peaceful aura. And I was like, really? Oh, thank you so much. So he told me there used to be like a musician or an actor named Peace Jones. And he was like, yeah, it's like such a cool name. That's what you should start calling yourself. And I thought that was like a really cool name, like Peace to be your first name. That's like the best name ever. So after that, I was like, OK, I'll go by Peace Jones. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's pretty good. Yep. Let me see. If, huh, what kind of nickname would I have? Smart, good looking, tall. And one, one, one of those. Uh, Let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I have a nickname for you too, Marcus, but we won't I'm share sure it over the <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So, Peace or uh, Tanika. What, what do you want me to call you? Peace Jones, Tanika Jones? Uh, I don't know. Peace but, is uh, good. Peace is good. Peace is good. Okay. So, you're going to own that. So, <laughs> Here's what I entitled this episode. I call it Living My Strength because you were saying that in your 30 that you know, the the YouTube video you did where you talked about 30 things you've learned by the age of 30. That was pretty awesome. And uh, yeah. So, and I wrote I, I realized you deal with travel, healing, and dating. Yep. And it was awesome. Uh first, Marcus, go ahead. Let me I'm 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 trying to lead off, but jump in or go ahead and say something if you want to. Can't. Well, thank you for putting me on the spot. I wasn't ready. <laughs> oh, okay. Good. Uh, That's it. Okay. I'll, I'll... <laughs> That's all right. I'll start it off. So here it is. 
first thing I want to ask you uh, a piece. How did you get started or, or what motivated you or, or pushed you to start? And I remember, I think it was first the YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. How did you, what, what, what led up to you doing this? So crazy enough, <laughs> I kind of got tired of not really having an outlet or like I felt for on the same wave as me when it came to like different topics right so of course I have a great group of friends but sometimes I feel like I get too deep for them like there's a lot of surface level people and I feel like sometimes my thoughts or like my um, interests were just so far beyond people my age especially and so like you said I talk about dating I talk about healing and I talk about travel so as far as healing I was talking about things that you know either a lot of people don't want to talk about or they just aren't that tapped into themselves or their reality or their triggers or traumas that it just it, it becomes kind of uncomfortable you know so I talk about healing and I dig deep I talk about things that I've been through I talk about family trauma childhood trauma dating trauma I talk about my own issues and how I've been able to go back and say hey this was a problem you used to do this that was and good whatever right so I really hold myself accountable and I really dig I talk about things like I said you know most people wouldn't be comfortable talking about and as far as dating I share some of my dating stories not so good <laughs> and some good right Right. And so I feel like I needed that outlet where not only could I release my own thoughts, but I also could build a community where people cared about the same thing as I did or where people didn't have to sit in front of their best friend or their mom or their therapist and get advice or talk to people about childhood trauma. They could literally listen to me, get pointers, hear another yeah. person maybe around who has been something similar and I could help people while I also you know had a platform to release my own thoughts so that was what really made me decide to go ahead and hmm. create my YouTube channel now that is uh, maybe that's why I'm doing it when you said not having an outlet mm -hmm. I'm living here by myself in Greece and at one time, I thought I'm losing my freaking mind because I'm just walking around talking out loud about stuff I need to do. And like, please, Lord, don't let me be going crazy. Or, but this this platform of podcasting and and what you do on YouTube and and the way you share what you've gone through and it's real because people have done that. People have gone through that. Of course, that's what we need. Uh, I don't know why I didn't think of that at the beginning because. I, okay, here I was thinking of something. I thought I had a lot of friends. I really don't. I mean, people you went to school with, you always call them your friends, but now I'm thousands of miles away. I don't talk to them every day. I maybe they may say hi, or I that's how I got Facebook to follow my friends and family. Mm -hmm. And I still don't talk to those most of those people. I wish more. What is it, Marcus? What, what what's so funny? <laughs> mm -hmm. No, what, one of the things I was going to ask Pete was. Um, how were you able to navigate once you started your YouTube channel about not giving a crap what people thought or what yes. they said whether it was good, bad, or indifferent? I think I've just always kind of been an open book and I feel like <laughs> 
I'm very real. I'm very authentic. And I don't really care too much about what people think because I feel mm-hmm. like, number one, you've either been through the same thing, done the same thing, you know, had the same thoughts at some point. So right. I don't really feel ashamed of any of, you know, what I um, put out there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just feel like people come to YouTube now to kind of find relatable content or to learn something, whether it be something as simple as how do you cook pot roast or whether it be something <laughs> perfect as how do I work on my anxiety as a single mother or something? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. people right. are there for relatable content. So if I cared too much, I feel like I wouldn't it wouldn't be authentic i wouldn't be able to even create content because i would be too worried about you know what people thought of me so you can't Hmm. so okay good because like i said the stuff you told me which got me uh, starting podcasting again and and looking at revamping how i used to do a lot of speaking and stuff that was my problem i i kept wondering what are people going to say? What are they thinking? Oh, what's Walter doing? Oh, he's always doing something, you know, stuff like that. And I just had to forget that and say, no, you're not going to get out there unless you get out there. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started. I was apprehensive about letting people know, hey, another episode of the podcast is out, another episode. But then I thought, no, other people are doing stuff in businesses and they're always sending me an invite to like their business page. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who am I to not to not do that? I, I, you know, and that is something I dealt with. Like Marcus said, the, the haters, or really sometimes the perceived haters, in my mm-hmm. mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you okay? Now here's something. Let's talk about mm, first thing. I want to talk about. Let's just get right into it. Healing, healing uh, from your past or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know on your channel, you were talking about certain things that you read, you saw people on YouTube, and you kind of found your way uh, in dealing with uh, traumas from the past. And I'll tell you, so I love my, I have some family members and they've Mm -hmm. passed on older. And I have some other family members who still hold things against these older deceased family members. And I thought everything is good. I love my grand. I, I love these people. <laughs> I let that cat out of the back then. <laughs> but but I was older and they were the younger people. And I think it was kind of a two way street. They were you know, kind of annoying kids, maybe. Or we were all annoying. But mm-hmm. but there was apparently some discrimination and maltreatment. And still to this day, they are dealing with that stuff. They talk about it. I'm like, whoa. So what what so what did you do? You just, did you Google or look up? So this is what is, I'm dealing with. That and- is so perfect that you're mentioning that. So first of all, I want to say I'm coming out with a segment that it's like a 10 episode segment and it's literally revealing my trauma. Like I have a oh. Yeah, and so it's like one of the episodes is called anger and how like you know because I experienced something. Yeah, my mother raised my mother and I, and I had um the whole black sheep like she kind of made us compete against each other like I think unintentionally, but you know that favoritism and things like that, and so that created a lot of anger. Then I had a segment called um 
pleasing the people where I kind of became a people pleaser as a result of always trying to be perfect for her then that translated into oh I have to be perfect for everyone I have to make everyone happy right um I have an episode called thank you but no thank you where I kind of became like this like pass around orphan if you will where you know neighbors started to feel bad for me friends started to feel bad for me and it would become this thing where it's like oh no like you can come spend the holiday with us or you can join our family vacation or you can do that and it's like thank you literally sincerely thank you so much because I appreciate it but it's almost like no thank you because I actually wanted my own family to want me around or I wanted my own family to embrace me so it was kind of like that weird like you know Hmm. portion where it's just like uh, I appreciate it but it feels weird but anyway to answer your question (laughs) So basically, a lot of the things that I wrote, I didn't actually know where they came from. That's the first part when you're actually trying to unravel your own trauma. So I also have a segment called um, Healing Without Therapy for the people that just feel like they cannot or they're not for therapy there are ways that you can start to unravel your trauma and you have to start by actually saying okay I know I'm really angry let's go back to the time period where I first felt anger or I know that I really don't have good relationships with women let's go back to the time period where I actually started to not like women too much or kind of draw back from female friendship so that was what I had to do first I had to say okay let me go back to where these emotions started as much as I can remember where did I first start feeling like I had been neglected where did I first start feeling like no one really cared about me right and so I went back to those time periods and I had to kind of address my younger self and like you said there's a lot of forgiveness involved I had to learn that you aren't going to always get an apology but you need to be able to forgive and move on because a lot of our trauma is from parents who had trauma and grandparents who had trauma and they didn't get the correct therapy they didn't have the resources so you have to realize like granted that's your mom but that's not a superhero that's not god that's not a perfect person so they are bound to be learning and growing and hurting as they're raising you so you have to learn to let go of that and realize that they were human too and then just work on healing those traumas. So I found this girl on YouTube named And I believe she was a student at that time studying like their social worker psychology. And she is literally heaven sent. She has like over a thousand videos just breaking down like the black sheep of the family how that happens narcissistic parents healing from narcissistic parents how childhood trauma affects your relationships like it's just so much and the video that really helped me was dealing with a narcissistic mother so it was actually my grandmother like I said she raised me but I never realized when we think of narcissism because it's thrown around so much now in the dating realm and we think oh this is like some guy or woman who only cares about themselves who you know triggers you and gaslights you and it's just basically someone who just puts themselves in this pedestal and makes you feel like crap well how that translates into a mother or in my case a grandmother who was narcissistic they 
always take accountability. I mean, they always take, um, what's the word? They take the credit for everything you do. Yeah. So that was what I experienced a lot. And also, if you have a sibling or siblings, a part of their issue is kind of making y'all compete. So there's no way for them to truly pour their love into you and to truly uplift you and to truly acknowledge you. It's always, well, you went to college because I raised you so well. Well, you got good grades because I helped you with your homework. Well, you always Mm -hmm. look nice because I put your outfits together. And then it becomes, well, so-and-so is doing this. I'm going to need you to do that because they're doing this. And so-and-so is this much better at this. I'm going to need you to. And so it creates so many issues. And I finally realized that, you know, that was what it was. I used to think, does my grandmother hate me? Then people would say, well, maybe she's jealous. But as a kid, I'm like, how could an old woman be jealous of a 13-year-old? <laughs> so I never understood that for so long, all the way into my 20s. And I just was like, wow, when I came across that video, literally it was like she was explaining my life. So, so what, what, now what's the lady's name again? When you said it, it, it cut off or something. I, Her I, name is New Mind Frame, but she spells it N U and then Mind Frame, M I N D F R A M E. Wow. That is, look, you you explained it so well. I thought you were the the counselor. (laughs) You could literally do coaching. I've heard that a lot. People are like, you're in the wrong profession. You need to become a therapist. Yeah. Don't listen to those knuckleheads. (laughs) People always trying to put you somewhere. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. I just have a knack for it, but I want to do this. Right. can I jump in real quick and ask you a question, uh, piece? Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to you know healing your past traumas, you know whoever the person or people may have been that created those traumas, how do you or how have you forgiven? Like you hear this term all the time, you know forgiveness is not for them; it's for you. Mm-hmm. How do you forgive? give someone do you have to have a conversation with this person do you do an exercise where you imagine them sitting in a chair across from you and then speaking whatever it is you have to say and get it out and then once you're done with them just let it go what was your method or technique that you use so for me i realized very young that having the conversation wasn't going to work because the point that she was at it was like she could not admit her wrongs, she didn't see her wrongs and so that was just going to be pointless and it actually started to make me more angry Mm -hmm. so i didn't do that i had to go through my own healing process like i said i actively worked on like i would sit in my room and i would look at youtube videos i would like kind of think to myself i would pray I would like write certain things down. I just did a lot of like. Uh oh. Did you? Hear- no, I, I I caught the part where you say you did a lot of, and then it kind of went out. Oh, I'm sorry. I did a lot of like mind work where I just like mm. figured things out on my own, and then mm-hmm. from there I came to a point where I think I found peace. And I think that now this might not work for everyone. For me, I think that worked because, like I said, I was heavy in prayer and I had figured things out that gave Mm -hmm. me peace. Now, a lot of people, they can't do that. Like that anger is still there and they're not going to let go of it until 
like you said, they talk to the person or they get an answer or whatever. But for me, once I found that peace, I was like, okay, I found enough peace in myself to realize that this isn't you. This isn't how you wanted to treat me. This isn't what you wanted to, you know, inflict on me. You aren't healed. You have trauma. You needed therapy. So I took it and I was like, this is truly who my grandmother was. And then this is how my grandmother treated me as a result of her own issues. And from Mm -hmm. there, I just forgave her. Okay. That's, I mean, that's, that's practical. And I pulled out, so you kind of, you had to, you worked it out mm-hmm. on your own. And I see taking some time for solitude and contemplation. Yeah. Now, I was I was talking to my VA psychologist and she, I was telling her, you know, I'm, I'm an adult. You know, sometimes I just, I say, I sit around, I'm just thinking about my life and I have, you know, I just think. And she said, this is good. She said, there are certain things that uh, we need as adults. We mm-hmm. need quiet time. You just don't turn on anything. Just even if it's at five minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, just, mm-hmm. just let your mind work things out. And it actually helps uh, dancing, which just body movement. It could be exercise, but you need quiet time. You need a time to dance, move around. You need a time to um, uh, laugh and tell stories so telling stories meaning just telling people maybe you could relate like you said how i got over this or how this worked for me dancing means just moving around it doesn't have to be dancing necessarily but i call it large muscle movement you may you know you may do some stuff you may um i don't know whatever exercise or whatever and you know telling did i just say telling stories yeah you know why the reason i messed up because uh, never mind. Someone interrupted an uh, uh, email. But anyway, <laughs> so, uh, dancing, telling stories, laughter, and quiet time. And like you said, the quiet time, the solitude, the contemplation, I think that's needed. I think sometimes we're so busy. Look, it's gotten so bad where I'm on my bed. First thing I do, why do I want to pick up my phone and look at social media? And I can't see anymore, so I have to put on my glasses <laughs> and, and now I've gotten smart about these little nose clip on glasses so I, can, <laughs> I can look at my phone. But really, sometimes just lay there and just kind of work it out and contemplate it. And I think like when you're healing from past hurt, yeah, it's, it's a it's a door we don't want to open. You want to walk in, and just kind of think and sit and think these thoughts out. See, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to follow this lady for one thing, this mindfulness. Uh, or I'm sorry, new mind, new mind frame. Yep. Mind frame. Awesome. So in this, something I want to ask you as well, let me see, where is it? Okay. I was listening to your, I revisited your YouTube channel and Marcus, if you have anything, jump in, we can go back. Okay. You, so you gave the tips on healing from past hurts. Mm-hmm. Here's something I want to say. You mentioned that you developed more female friendships. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. I hear often many girls saying they have more guy friends than girlfriends. Why is that? What 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 is this phenomenon that I've been <laughs> I've heard <laughs> so women say? <laughs> I think for a lot of women it is 
it's between having mommy issues which would be similar to like me and my grandmother because if you don't have a good relationship with your mother that's the first real female friend you have right or female relationship so if that doesn't go well it's kind of hard for you to trust other women it's hard for you to want to engage with other women it's hard for you to want to support and love and uplift other women so for me that was never a problem I always had girlfriends growing up but I think that at a point I just for some reason started to connect with guys more and I think it was just a lot easier for me so for me it's a personality thing number one I'm an Aries so an Aries woman carries a bit of masculine energy and it's not that we're like rough but we're just kind of like straightforward to the point we're not like super sensitive we're not super emotional so for me I just felt that my, my guy friendships were just so much easier. I didn't have to worry about all the extraness and the, you know, just unnecessary drama and stuff, right? But right. then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I am a female. Right. I'm literally gonna give birth. I'm gonna get married. I have a cycle every month. Like <laughs> I need to be engaging with women. Like these women understand me. We can support each other. We can uplift each other. We can have easy friendships. Of course, it won't be the same dynamic as my male friendships because we're females, but it is so necessary because at the end of the day, a man isn't gonna understand or relate to a lot of things that a woman is, right? So you right, need right. to have those bonds with other women. Now, as far as other women, like I said, I think it could possibly be like, um, you know, mommy issues. It could be that they just, know they're the issue and they aren't willing to take accountability and work on whatever is making them not be able to keep female friendships I think sometimes women don't put themselves out there I've met a lot of women just by traveling that are like oh well I don't have any friends or oh after I have had a kid my friends stopped or women are shady or da 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 <laughs> and I just feel like a lot of the issue is them unfortunately because you know people are weird these days people are crazy but there's still a lot of great women out here there's still a lot of women out here that can offer such great friendships such meaningful friendships and it's just a matter of you being genuine when you step out and the last thing I've learned is that a lot of women want a really good friend but they don't know how to be a friend, right? So I've experienced that a lot as well. Like I'm the type of friend, I'm gonna show up for you. I'm gonna support you. If you need me, I'm there for you no matter what. So I'm showing up to every birthday, every baby yeah. shower, gift in hand. You call me and you need advice, I'm here. You need me to come over and sit with you, I'm there. You need me to like, help you write your resume I'm there but then I noticed you know my birthday rolls around oh I have a stomach ache you know I graduate <laughs> from college oh I'm coming oh the day of you never show up I need mm. some advice oh that's crazy is the only response I get right so that's the last thing that I feel like you know women they say they want these friendships they want these bonds but they are only putting in 10% where you're putting in 90 Okay, now here's something I'm going to present <laughs> because so first of all, yes, when I met you
So first of all, yes, when I met you at the State Department, I was, I was pissed off. Like I'm thinking, man, I work these extra stupid hours. <laughs> and, and then I saw, oh, here's, here's somebody here, and and so, so I, I'm taking from a guy perspective. And I wrote down something as you're talking. I wrote outside, inside, outside slash outside, inside, mm-hmm. settle. I put settle inside if no option. <laughs> so, and what that means is a, a, a ludicrous thing. Guys, and this is just from my perspective, as I've grown older, I've changed. If if a guy sees a girl, she's physically appealing, she's attractive, you know, he looks at outside. He talks to her inside, say, I like her inside. But then he has this outside inside conflict. I like her on the outside. You know, the physical, I want to you know have a romantic relationship and then he says but because he's known her from the inside the conflict and he's like but i'll settle for the inside because you know i'm not going to be with her she's going to be with something else but she's pretty she's my friend i like her i'll take the the inside option (laughs) you know and what i'm saying is so all right hold on because i gotta walk this thing out (laughs) talk myself into a trap no (laughs) no i'm serious when i first i'm like this is an attractive girl she's and she can hold a conversation you were very like you said you were like uh you were approachable and when you mentioned the masculine i wouldn't even i don't know for me i never thought masculine energy but i thought like a and every, you know, the type of guy that everybody likes. She's a, you know, he's a, I forgot the term. He's a type of guy that everybody likes. Something, whatever. You, you had that. Everybody likes. You were likable. You were conversational. You were, you were, you were optimistic too. Now I can't remember the conversation, but I do remember. Oh, good. Someone I can talk to, and I like talking to this person. It was good. And you know, that was that. So, with all of that. Would you think, would you say, possibly, that, I mean, everyone goes, man looks on the outside, you know, etc. Would you say that when guys, and I'm not, God, I sound stupid. I'm not trying to pull away from the fact, but I think it's easier for a person of the opposite sex to develop friendships with people of the opposite sex because we are able to, as especially as a guy, we will stay with, we'll stay with if this person, you know, we like what they're saying. We like how they look. You're just you're presentable. And would you say that a guy, because he 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 digs you? That's an old word. Anyway, he finds you you know attractive and smart. That he's like you know what, I like her, and he's more apt to to give you the right advice, etc. Whereas if it was the same sex, would they see you as first of all? competition yeah or territorials or what's this person's angle because mm-hmm. I, I don't know I, i'm just uh, am, am i making sense yeah. or am i just a <laughs> stupid horn dog who just revealed no. himself okay. <laughs> yes <laughs> and yes <laughs> you're Your definitely mom. No, I'm just making kidding. sense um i i feel like the first portion with the guys I personally don't know if that's the case. It could be, but I just think guys have less emotion and like mm. dynamics to their friendships, right? I even yeah. look at some of my. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. This person oh. never, you know, shown up for me, but I don't care. 
we're mm. still homeboys or oh this person did whatever and it's like you're not mad at that and they're like oh no like that's still my friend you know whereas females wow. we're like oh my gosh she literally didn't like my picture I feel like she's being shady like it's just like hmm a lot more to it but um as far as the competition thing yes i do think so and i think that's more so now than ever like i said growing up i had really strong female friendships even now i have really strong female friendships but i notice when i go to make new friends because like you said i'm like a people person i talk to mm-hmm. people i like to engage i'm nice i'm friendly but even when i'm out and i might you know maybe see a girl and i love her outfit and i may go up to her and i say oh my gosh I love your shoes so much and it's kind of like she's a little bit hesitant to really engage it may be like a quick smirk or (laughs) thank you but it's not like she's embracing me and saying oh thank you so much oh I got them from here and then it turns into a conversation I feel like like a lot of women they um I don't know what makes them like that now in society maybe just the way society is putting so much pressure on women to look away or be away and so you know they're feeling that other women are their competition but I definitely do feel now more than previously um women are a little bit more like snappy or hesitant or like you said that you don't trust the next person you Mm -hmm. feel the next person is your competition you feel the next person maybe um has some type of bad energy or intention for you and although they never showed that it's just kind of like a I don't know but yeah I I do agree with that (laughs) yeah it seems like I think men start surface first but women start below the surface Mm -hmm. and and you know that's something I didn't realize but you're right because I can I can go up to a girl I'm sincere I'm like I've done it before I said, like, I like those shoes. So like, well, thank you. I'm like, and I can go to a guy and do the same thing. And he was like, yeah, I got them here. Mm. But you're right. If a girl goes to a girl, hey, I like those shoes. And, eh, thank you. That um, the smile where you can tell it's not a real mm. smile because the <laughs> eyes aren't smiling. So, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the <laughs> eyes roll. Incredible. Yeah. In your accomplishments, you mentioned, which is something that. Marcus and I were working on a podcast. We had one, but we just like scrapped the whole thing. Money <laughs> management. How? Because <laughs> I am a horrible manager of money. You said budgeting. You said something. You said budgeting is life. Yes, it is. So I think that was one thing my grandmother instilled in me. Um, of course, you know, there were some not so goods about her, but there were some amazing things. about her, <laughs> And that was one of them. And I think the way she taught me to manage money was pretty much save literally everything and only treat yourself when you need to. Right. So that was really how I grew up. It was like, you know, if I did buy something nine times out of 10, it was clearance. And, you know, you learn to shop clearance really well. You learn to get really nice things and get really good deals without having to spend so much. You know what I mean? So that was pretty much how I grew up. And then even once I started making, you know, decent money, I went to Department of State when I was like 23 or something. So, you know, that was a pretty good salary for someone in their 
younger 20s and I remember my friends being like girl you make the most out of all of us and you refuse (laughs) to do this and that and meanwhile they were buying like Louis bags and they were at every brunch and they were in Miami every weekend I'm just sitting here like nope 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 but I was able to pay off my car in a year I was able to save money for my house I was able to still have fun but I just wasn't splurging and I think that that's so important especially now that you know everything is a show everyone's Mm -hmm. a designer including middle schoolers and it's just like you have some people feel like they have to keep up you got to keep up you got to keep up for me I've really I feel like that was instilled in me at a younger age you know like be who you are accept who you are you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to show off. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. I mean, I am the Joneses. So why would I keep up with the Joneses, right? So, yeah, it's just like, you know, save as much money as you can. You don't have to live like, you know, you're pinching pennies, but find ways to enjoy things without having to spend so much money. You can find clearance designer items at TJ Maxx and Marshalls. H&M and Zara have sales all the time. You don't have to have every new thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, look, in the States, in particular, based on what I know in our community, um, if you're wearing something that I don't even know, you can get you can get ridiculed <laughs> how do how do how does a person deal with that you know I, a person's i'm gonna wear this and i think it's i don't know even know if it's changed maybe as people get older they're like i don't care mm-hmm. but a certain age group and demographic of our age group will ridicule you if you're wearing something other than certain brands of shoes i think i could be wrong because yeah. i haven't been in the states in a while maybe they accept it yeah so I saw a meme recently that was like I'm so glad I'm finished with high school because my Hollister shirt couldn't keep up with these (laughs) and I'm like I swear these parents have to be millionaires because I'm not even buying myself a $800 shirt let alone middle school child so yeah I'm glad too because look my Hollister couldn't compete either but I think now there is a little bit more acceptance for people's differences because you know there's so many different styles now like it's okay to be like a hippie it's okay to be like a um I don't know like a more skater type of look Mm -hmm. you know so I think that we are embracing um different styles and avenues there's a lot of um emphasis on uh what is it again thrifting as well a lot Ah. of thrifting yeah really excuse me one second i'll jump in and say this real quick now over the over i'm sorry over (laughs) over the holidays you know people post everything that they do for holidays and what they buy their kids but i also see our community reinforcing some of that nonsense there was this one parent or set of parents that bought their adolescent daughter a louis vuitton bag good god and she's going crazy i'm like is this for real and then you have these little kids they're getting ipads and macbook pros and iphones really okay so i think parents are part of the problem when it comes to the uh, the, uh, the, whole, I think that whole so thing. Too. 
So, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think that a lot of, like, kids are expecting certain things because, like, that mm-hmm. you said, like, competing. And I think some of the parents are feeling bad. But I don't really understand that because I feel like, why would you go into debt or maybe not mm-hmm. if you had the money, you know, just to make your kid feel like they don't, like, I don't, I don't really understand that. Hmm. Neither do I. And and I think they I think they stress themselves out around Christmas. Yeah. And when it's time to go back to school, why are you oh, dressing yeah. your child like they're going on Project Runway to go to school? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Okay. So money management. So you're doing well on that. I really should sit at your feet and learn money management. <laughs> uh, you said that you've You've entered into your desired career field. You, you didn't like being a person at the <laughs> Department of State? <laughs> no, no, no. But you know what? I was telling my friend the other day, because um, we're all about to be 30, so we're all hitting like our second quarter-life crisis, and we're all like scrambling, like, oh my gosh, I need to find a place to retire from. I'm tired of da da So we were chatting, and I was like, you know what, girl? Look at it like this. Every job you use that job don't let that job use you right so when I was at Department of State I was getting good money I was still living at home I definitely had bills but I had enough money still coming in that I could save and like I said I used that job to get that clearance pay off that car and save for my house right I left there because, you know, it had its perks and what it gave us as far as credentials and money, but it was definitely not good on the mental. It was not good physical. So it wasn't a place to stay at long. I left there. I went to my next job. That job was super flexible. I was Mm -hmm. able to go back to school and get my master's would still tend to my grandmother because she now has dementia so I was you know able to just flex my schedule do everything I had to do still do overtime and get my money there right, right. left there moved on to the next job so I kind of use every job for whatever point I'm at in life and make it work for me I have now entered into still in the criminal justice field but it's like more so what I want to do I'm able to combine my bachelor's degree and my master's to kind of do a little bit of both and it's a lot more I guess like life friendly right so I'm working remote most of the time I go to the office but not too much And it's just a lot easier on you. I don't think I realized, and maybe it's like as you get older, but I don't think I realized like how much you put on your body and your mind when you're working like long shifts and you're getting up super early. And even just the way management was at some of my jobs, it was just very like you're walking on eggshells. You have to perform. And so I think now I'm, I've moved into an area where I'm like, of course I want to make my money. Of course I want to do what I want to do, but I do not want to sacrifice my mental health for it. Right. Now, let me ask you this. Um, can we ask what, what is your uh, profession or your job? Are you CIA No, I would rather not shame. Makes sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good because you did say you've learned to uh, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> that's good. No, that, especially because you're in this uh, platform that's public and stuff. And 
which makes me think I should keep my mouth shut about my job half the time. But, <clears throat> well, speaking all. about jobs. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, peace. At, uh, when you no longer feel a job is serving its purpose for you, is it easy for you to make that transition to go to the next thing? And yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> was it easy for you to get to that point to say okay this job is serving me it's time for me to go it was definitely easy to get to that point because I think you know when your body just isn't functioning at its best anymore you know and you see mm-hmm. that it is in yourself and it's just very evident I think the difficult part is making that transition so I know when I left Department of State I was so eager to leave that I almost jumped into anything. <laughs> like I started looking into literally random stuff. Like I thought uh-huh. about teaching for a moment prior to coming to Department of State. I was at Maryland Live Casino doing security. So I literally was like, dang, should I go back and do gaming? Because the gaming people were making like just as much or more Hmm. at Department of State yeah so I was like should I go back to that then I was like all right well maybe I should you know go to law enforcement so I was just like so eager to get out and I think that that's the issue is when you're trying when you wait too long right Mm -hmm. you don't want to wait until you can't take a job anymore because when you can't take a job anymore then you will jump into anything and I think that that becomes kind of dangerous because it's like you're just diving where you don't even know what's in that water right like oh the money's gonna be good but what does it come with and I've also learned that a healthy work environment is key like you can be making all the money in the world you can have the best schedule but if you have to face management and co-workers that are toxic and I don't Mm. mean toxic like oh Miss Betty is rude oh my manager is a b-word I mean Mm -hmm. People that are literally trying to sabotage you, people that are literally trying to like make you look bad or lying and saying you're doing things you're not or, you know, just really toxic things that can really weigh on you. And I've been in that predicament a few times as well. So Mm -hmm. I think just navigating and making sure that you're putting your ducks in a row, you're going into something that you pretty much know what you're getting into. You're asking questions on those interviews. A lot of times interviewers, they say, oh, well, do you have any questions? And we're like, oh, no, no, ask those questions. I remember asking one really big agency, well, what do you guys do as far as diversity? Because the place I was leaving, they were huge on diversity. They had like Hispanic heritage, Hispanic heritage month and, you know, supporting black females and this and that. And I mm-hmm. asked them and they're like, this was like a panel of five people. And they're oh, like, wow. mm, well, <laughs> mm. Wow. and I'm like, OK, not only am I a minority, I'm a minority female. So uh-huh. I don't know if I want to go here if all of my superiors and everyone working with me is probably a white male Mm. and you guys don't even have anything in place to recognize or acknowledge or support diversity that's a little bit scary right Right, so i had to think twice about that 
And um, yeah, it's just a lot that goes into it. But I say, you know, once you realize that you're ready, start making those moves when you realize it. Because if you wait until you can't take it anymore, you're probably going to take the first thing that comes to you, which may not be the best. Right. It seems like you do something that people don't like to do. The right work. You plan, you prep, you research, mm-hmm. and and you go forward. And people should allow themselves to, to... We know, usually you know, probably a year out, I'm tired of this job. I'm tired of this right. station in life. And you should begin to see what to do. Me, as far as the job, I mean, I enjoy my job. I'm a... My problem is... If I have a good thing going on, changing to something else, I start thinking, what about the pay or or the management may not be like the previous management or, Mm -hmm. you know, the environment may not be there. Even coming back, there have been times, especially when I went to the States for Thanksgiving, my parents getting older and family members, I started missing people and I missed in America wasn't so bad when I was there in Tennessee, no less. But as I told my dad, said, I'm just afraid to come back. I I don't know what the police are going to do. I said, if I come back to the States, I must be, and I quote myself, working for the enemy. In other words, I have to become a police officer. <laughs> yeah. I got to be on that side because I don't know what's going to happen. And mm. so I, I worry about that. I If I, I want to be a freelancer, my goal, I wish I were. I like speaking. I like keynote. I always said, hey, if I could become a TED Talk speaker, just one or two that's going to put you out there because you know i like it you like helping people you like i like running my mouth that's just what i like to do but (laughs) for me i'm scared to make that that move you know like they said a bird in the hands worth two in a bush so to speak and uh, it it just blows my mind sometimes but from what i've gleaned from you it's just prepping Yep, just figuring it out, asking the questions, doing the research. I know before I even like get on an interview, I usually go look at the reviews for the place, which you kind of sometimes have to take with a grain of salt because there's some people that are just insane and they're like, I can get a million days of sick leave. I just, (laughs) you know, but there are some people that have very valid points. And I think that. Very, very, very slowly, the U.S. is moving in and they're moving kind of towards more so prioritizing people's free time and like Mm -hmm. their mental health when it comes to work. Like we've seen after the pandemic, a lot of places that really didn't need to have people in the office have kind of stuck to either remote or at least hybrid, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that now they're starting to look into um, men having paternity leave. One of my friends actually got a ton of time off. Wow having his kid and then you know they're looking more so into what they can do for working moms I know at my last job there was a working mom of four and she just couldn't do what they needed her to do having these kids in elementary school that were still you know doing school from home so they really looked out for her there so I think that we're slowly getting to a place where um you know, jobs are a bit more understanding. And I think that that's really good because it kind of helps you navigate it a bit more. But of course, you know, you do have to do that research and you just have to know the type of person you are. You know, there's some people that are literally like, I don't want to be in the house every day. 
I can take driving 30 minutes into DC or Arlington and going ahead, going to the office and going to work every day. And I'm making 200 K, right? So they're like, it's whatever. (laughs) Then you have some people that are like, no, like I literally have a husband that makes a good amount of money. I just need enough to save for our kids' college fund. I need to be working remote part-time. This is what Mm -hmm. works for me. So you just figure out your personality, what you need, what you want your lifestyle to look like. Okay. Okay. So let me turn it. You said something that you've learned, which is important. I think you've learned to let go. Mm -hmm. Here's my problem. I can't let go many times. Mm -hmm. I always want to, if I have something or a relationship or something, I sometimes want to finish it or succeed and bring it to an end on my terms. Mm -hmm. I was once dumped twice by the same, uh, so (laughs) (laughs) I dated this girl, (laughs) you know, and she broke up with me because she worked, (laughs) she worked, she was a flight attendant. And then later on, we got back together and she broke up with me again. (laughs) And now it's in me. I want to, I want to date her. And break up with her. <laughs> Are you some type of masochist? What's wrong with you? I'm a manip. I don't know, but it hurt me. See, that's a trauma. Who can be dumped twice by the same girl? I Walter. still follow her on Instagram. Yeah, me, me. I'm dumped by the same girl. I'm like, ooh. I understand she has some sister where her father died, and she and she worked. She worked remotely, so I, you know, she well, not remotely. She worked. She was an attendant, so she's in Russia. She's always here. But always there. But uh, got a good laugh out of it, Marcus. Yeah, she dumped me <laughs> twice. I'm I'm trying to heal from that. I still follow her on Instagram, and sometimes I weaken and say, "Oh, you're so beautiful." But <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> only one time she posted pictures from flowers that they're beautiful, just like you. Then I said, "Idiot." <laughs> oh my god! Le- why can't I let it go? How do you how do you let it go? Well, I think it is difficult to let go. And I think depending on like what you're letting go. So are we speaking like just about relationships or just things in life? Hmm. So, okay. Well, let's go back to when you said you've learned to let go. What do you mainly or primarily, what are you addressing when you say let go? I think I'm just talking about things in life in general, like just learning to not harbor too much resentment, not sit there and really think about things too Mm. much and too long, like make your peace with things. If you don't really understand it and there's no way to really understand it, make your own peace. If you have to apologize to someone, if you have to write it out, like whatever it is, just try not to hold on to things. Mm. I think that was more so what I was saying. But as far as relationships, it's definitely hard to let go. And I think that some relationships aren't meant to totally be broken off. You know, like Uh. some exes that you can remain friends with. Or there's some people that you've talked to for years. And, you know, the situationship type of things where maybe you guys never ended up officially in a relationship. But (laughs) there's always a been a strong bond or some type of connection or you know meaningful friendship there that's good i yeah i have people in my life like that that's uh such wisdom (laughs) i think it's easy to let go really for me for me um you have no heart both well that too but (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but even with um, tangible things, um, like one of the first things I had to end up letting go, um, I had just gotten out of the military, had my storage unit, couldn't find a job, hmm. couldn't pay a storage bill, took it. But hmm. once I knew all that stuff was gone, mm-hmm. it was such a relief. Yeah. Hmm. I wasn't stressed over where am I going to find the money to pay for the bill this month? All of it was a lot of stuff. I said, oh, I can just start over at another point. <laughs> so I did. Um, and even with people, if I can't get a clear understanding of where you're coming from or why you did what you did to me, um, I'll create a narrative. Hmm. This is why this person did this or said this. Mm-hmm. I no longer need you in my life. Goodbye. Hmm. And just let that be it. But Not when easy. You- when you do that, right? I have a question because mm-hmm. I feel like I can do the same when I have to, but for me, it's like I always kind of leave the door open for people. Yeah. And I think I do that because I look at life in like a really, really interesting way. Like I feel like I don't like to say life is short because I mm-hmm. like to think it life is long, beautiful. We're all gonna live to be a hundred years old, nice and healthy, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like, you know, why was this person brought into my life specifically and we had these good times we shared these good moments and I really enjoyed your company at some point I feel like to cut a person off totally it's mm-hmm. kind of like dang well what if that person learns and grows or what if uh-huh. I eventually realize what I control or what if god forbid that person moves on and they're mm-hmm. no longer here on earth and i never got to you know express how much i did enjoy them or i did appreciate them or just let go of whatever happened right like mm-hmm. i've where the friend did something horrible and I just was so upset and I ended the friendship but then they've come back a year later and they're like oh my gosh like I was going through the worst time ever like I was you know maybe they were trying drugs or maybe they were Mm -hmm. having horrible time with their kid's mother or maybe they were extremely depressed or maybe they've gotten diagnosed with a mental health disorder and it's Mm -hmm. like they then tell you all these things that were going on and they're like but it wasn't you I just snapped because this and that and you're a wonderful person and I miss you and I'm just so you know a lot of times they don't even ask for the connection back they just say you know how great it was and that they right. are doing well so for me i like to leave that door open because i'm just like i would feel horrible if someone reached out and you know tried to make amends and i just was nowhere to be found like mm-hmm. i feel like life is too short for that you know right I, I would leave the door open as well but before i let invite them all the way back in i really have to be honest with myself and ask myself okay what did I actually learn from this person in that situation? Don't let it happen again. Hmm. Just find a lesson in it. Right. Uh, I mean, I can see it. I see both ways and I'm like, peace. I, I leave the door open. Um, mm-hmm. I try to, and then at the same token, I'm like you, when someone comes back in, well, for me, you know, there'll always be sort of like when you injure yourself, there's a tender spot. Of right. where you hurt me there but i'm not going to blow it up i'm not going to hold it against you but yeah i'll remember that mm-hmm. and it'll make mm-hmm. me a little bit uneasy but 
what I try to do is I was telling, I think my uncle, the only thing I can say about me is I'm a trier. I'm going to try. I'm going to try to correct myself. I'm going to try mm-hmm. to redo it. I'm going to try to fix it. I'm going to try to make, you know, look at other angles and, you know, and not hold on to stuff, which so far I've done fairly well. I don't think I've held on to anything about you know, dealing with people. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Um, in reference to the, the person who dumped me twice, you know, of course, we're still friends. She just, <laughs> her dad died. Her dad died. So, it's, it's, you know, and that was different. And she just was working. And then she told me, she said, I just don't think it'll work. And I'm like, eh. But that's in the past. So <laughs> I've healed from that. At least I tell myself. Um, <laughs> let me ask you this. Um, you mentioned that your confidence offends people. And I said, you are natural, outgoing, and you mentioned you're living in your strength. Why do and you mentioned that in your YouTube video. I mean, why would people I I would think that people would like someone that's confident because most people spend most of their time with their head down in their phones and they just don't want to confront or deal with other people when confidence in a good way is is liberating. You enjoy a confident person. You like talking to them. You someone that opens a door so everyone can start peeing themselves do you find that confidence is still uh an an issue yes very much so and like i said it could just be this shift in society like i don't know if you guys have seen it i know you said that you know you don't really know what's going on in the u.s at the moment but Marcus, I don't know if you have seen... Well, you're not even in the U.S. right now, but <laughs> um, basically, I've seen literally within like the past five years, this shift in society where it's just like a lot of people are super insecure, they're super envious, and they almost don't know who they are, so they can't really accept other people for who they are, right? And I would say the one time where I really saw it being so, so evident that my confidence was offending people was when I was in grad school. And I remember like, you know, I have almost perfected public speaking at that point. So when I would do my presentations, I was just really on point, really articulate. And I remember like my first presentation, the professor was like, you should definitely go for your PhD. Like this was so great. You did this, this, and this, this was like one of the best presentations. And I remember thinking that, you know, like maybe my classmates would crack a smile or maybe they would clap and everyone just mm-hmm. kind of looked at me. Wow. I remember from that day forward, it was like people wanted to work with me but they didn't want me to like shine you know what I mean so it was (laughs) like they wanted to they wanted to reap the benefits of the work that I produced and being in my group but they wanted to like diminish me you know so I remember like you know going over people's work in the group and I remember one girl getting extremely mad at me because I had like helped her pretty much rewrite her paper because it was written horribly (laughs) (laughs) and I was nice about it you know I 
pretty much rewrote it and stayed up until 3 a.m. doing that. So I would think, you know, she would be appreciative, but she was so angry. Then I remember one guy who was coming right out of undergrad, and I guess he just hadn't had much experience public speaking. So I literally went and like looked up YouTube videos. I called him after class. I sat with him. I like practiced with him just so that he could be a bit better for himself and to finish right. off the program, especially because you're going to be in a group with people. You can't be representing the group horribly, you know? <laughs> so I would do all these things and I was like so confident, but yet really nice, really helpful. And I just kept feeling like people were like dragging me for that. Like it was... <laughs> The women were getting like super intimidated. I felt like the guys, they wanted to like it, but then like, it was just a really weird dynamic. And I remember thinking like, well, these are all adults. And if y'all are gonna go into, you know, whatever job you're gonna get after getting this degree, what are y'all gonna do with the people that really know how to do their job well that are really confident that hold their heads high like why are we trying to pull people down that know themselves that know how to carry themselves that are confident in themselves and i've just seen that so much um i think a lot of the times with women because it's like you come off like you think you're better than or you think that you are, I don't know. It's just, I just, I really don't like it though, because it's like a lot of times people look at you and think that you are something that you're not. And literally you haven't done anything except know how to do your job or know how to carry yourself or people like you. And it's just like, people just, they they make up these things in their head. They create these scenarios. They start to act weird around you and you've never done anything to them, but be confident in yourself. Well, I, these are people that are probably not confident in right. any area of their life, mm-hmm. possibly. And so when you show up and full of yourself, your full self shows up with your confidence. Their non-confidence is so loud and screaming in the ear. <laughs> and wow. they can't take it. I I'm I'm amazed that people are I guess you know, that I, that's life then, I guess. I don't know. Humans. I told someone, sometimes I'm tired of being a human. I wish I was just a rock, but water just <laughs> went over me and I, I didn't have to worry or no relationship. I'm just a million years from now. I'm still that same rock. I'm shaped by a little bit of water. Just let me be air or dirt. Mm-hmm. Sometimes being a human, you lose people, you have relationships, you have disappointments, you rally for the cause, you're going to make it. And sometimes you have lows where you think, I'm no good. Who, who am I fooling? Mm-hmm. Being being in this thing called life is crazy. And then the unknown of what's after life. <laughs> you know, one yep. of our previous podcasts about death, you wonder. It's so sometimes I'm thinking, can I just be just a stone next to a creek? <laughs> and I'll just be there from now on. Just a stone. <laughs> but, but I can't be. I'm I'm a human. <laughs> Uh, let me see as I begin to wrap up. So, it, it, this is the, the last thing. Unless, Mark, do you have anything? That's final oh, question. No, go ahead. For the listeners out there, peace. What's the most important thing we should know about you? I 
think the most important thing is that I love life and I love people and as long as you're there with genuine intentions you want to support me and uplift me I'm there right along with you to support and uplift you okay I like that I'm writing out love life (laughs) love people it's a two-way street Um, when is your birthday actually it is 4-4 April 4th. Okay. I'm going to try to remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty easy. <laughs> I put try in there because if I forget, I don't want you, you know, as you said, you remember everyone else's birthday and he didn't remember mine. No. <laughs> my birthday is August 31st. We don't care because my birthday is February the 14th. <laughs> is mine it? is coming. To, yeah, February the 14th is next month. And wow. so there it is. Um, well, you know what? These I have enjoyed. I've learned. And the biggest thing that I have gotten from this is, well, first of all, the biggest impression I received is what wisdom is packed in these mere 30 years. (laughs) I swear you're lying about your age or something. I don't know. (laughs) Dyed your hair, you're about 80. But but the thing is, it's good wisdom that that can be um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I can't think of the word. Anyway, intimidating. There it is. Oh, thank God. It can be. It's the wisdom I think that some people, even women or, or whatever, people may say, this is intimidating. But I'm like, if someone meets a person like you, they should be glad that they have a friend or an acquaintance because you're willing to help people, even as you did in school. You've got YouTube. You're, you're doing the itinerary, which we didn't even cover. But if you're doing travel itinerary for people. You're traveling. You're, you're doing things. And I think you put the time and the effort into it without letting it just overwhelm you. Because sometimes I'll think about things I have to do, like as I'm revamping my public speaking thing, sometimes I think, I can't do this. This is too much work and it's going to suck and stuff. But I keep pushing forward because really it was the conversations you and I had that really, I'll be honest, that really helped me and pushed me. It pushed me even to redoing and starting the podcast over again. So I must say thank you because this podcast and its new iteration is a direct result of the encouragement from you. So That's I, awesome. I'm so, yeah. so I would say, if anything, continue to uh, uh, push people to go for it and do it. And they'll see it in your lifestyle. Yeah. And you become a mentor to many people. And all they have to do is stop being jealous and uh, and you know upset about your confidence and do just like you said l- embrace the fact that you're living your strength and then they can in turn live their strength yeah Mar- marcus do you have anything I'm... everything we said was on point I agree. thank you oh well thank you <laughs> this time this time <laughs> well my head has gotten bigger now i'm, I'm going next time's a tv show no <laughs> um, Peace, you have any, any any final words, any closing thoughts? No, this was very enjoyable. Great conversation. Nice to meet you, Marcus. Yeah, and nice I think it flowed well. really well. And That's I good. really will look forward to being on another episode. So let's go. And you will be. You <laughs> will be 
on another episode. That's a done deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes this very dynamic and helpful and insightful podcast. I really hope you listen and apply what you have gleaned from this great, great asset of a person, better known as Peace Jones. And also, don't forget, go ahead and tell them what, what's your YouTube channel. Yes. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. It is Peace Jones, P-E-A-C-E, Jones, J-O-N-E-S. And follow me on Instagram at Itinerary T. That is Itinerary as in a trip itinerary. And then T is spelled T-E-E. There it is. You can't beat it. Look forward to speaking to you guys on next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everybody.